Welcome to the Life Church STL podcast. Wherever you're joining us from, we hope this message encourages and inspires you. Thanks for listening and enjoy today's message. Today I'm going to be speaking. Um, and if you remember, I've the past handful of weeks um, have been speaking uh, scriptures. Um, out of those 40 days that, that Jesus appeared to his disciples and others after his resurrection and after that Easter uh, moment where he died on the cross and then he ra- was raised again after three days and then he appeared for 40 days to many people, showed many signs and wonders and really <clears throat> in those moments it was like this moment, even though they many times didn't even recognize him at first, if, if hardly at all, until he made them recognize who he was. But in these moments, he showed up to them, you know, when they were fishing, like we talked about, and told him to cast the net on the other side, even though it didn't make sense in their heads or in our heads why that would make a difference, but on Jesus' command, it makes a difference, right? And showing up to them on the road to Emmaus, talking to them about who he was and explaining the scriptures. And it says from, from Moses to on, just you can imagine, it was like seven miles and he just walked with them and they didn't even know the whole time that they walked with him that it was him, but he was explaining to them about himself and who he was in Scripture, and they were just amazed. And then finally they got to the place they were going, and they begged him to come in, and they broke bread. And then as they broke bread, he allowed himself to be revealed to them. And they were like, oh, weren't our hearts even burning when he was talking to us? How did we not, I mean, I don't know that they said this, but I would have said, like, how did we not know that it was him? And all these moments after his resurrection that he's with them, and this Sunday, I want to talk about the ascension. And it's, you know, I don't know that I've ever preached this, and I don't know that I heard it preached a lot. It's interesting. But next week is Pentecost Sunday. And before that, right, 10 days before that, there was the ascension of Christ when he went up into the clouds, into heaven. And there's some things about this that I just wanted to talk about today and, and prepare us for next week. In Luke 24, 49, it says, Behold, I send the promise of my Father upon you, but tarry in the city of Jerusalem until you are endued with power from on high. And this word endued, in, in and I'm going to share some other scriptures that it uses this word, but it means this, this word means to sink into clothing, or to put on, or to clothe oneself. And as he's sharing here, he says, I send the promise of my Father to you, but tarry in the city of Jerusalem until you are poured into the clothing of the power on high, which is the Holy Spirit that is coming 
And he says, I'm, I, this power, my Father is going to send this power, the Holy Spirit, to you, and he is the one that is the action to all the words that I speak. And you are going to be able to, it's like, imagine you're just like dipped in, like there is not a crevice on you that is not covered by the Holy Spirit. You know, I, I think about, I, I think you guys know, I like to think about these words and what they mean and how, how they, they re, what they're really telling us, you know? When it says endued with power, you're like, oh yeah. You know, like, like putting on those Holy Spirit gloves. No, it's not just gloves. It's not just shoes. It's like we were dipped in the Holy Spirit and every single fiber of our being and, and every bit of us is covered with the Holy Spirit. It's, there's nowhere on us that you can find a place that we aren't covered by Him. And he says, wait. Don't do anything. Don't go anywhere. I've taught you so many things, and I I've, I've, am telling you to, to go and preach the gospel, but don't go anywhere until you are clothed with the Holy Spirit. And that makes me think that, like, how many times have I or have we, do we go out and we do what we do? And we get into ourselves and we try to walk out of that clothing, you know? In, in doing it our own way or, or doing it before he wants us, God wants us to do it. And I don't want to be in that place where I'm out there on my own doing the thing the way that I want to do and I'm not doing it how he wants to do it. I want to be clothed. I want to have the right clothes on, you know? I mean, I, I think I look cool a little bit. I don't know. I try, in, in, you know, in these natural clothes to look all right. But I, I don't want to walk throughout my life. Right? And, and think about that. When I'm walking in my, in my own strength and, and who I am and what I can do, that's some bad clothing right there. That's a mess. There's holes all in it, and those are cool nowadays, but, you know, some people don't like it. You know, tattered shirt, dirty, mess. you know, you can, I just imagine, like, my clothes, what my clothes look like is a white shirt that's been drugged on the ground for years, dirty, stained, a mess. It doesn't look good, but what I want to do is I want to put on, I want the Holy Spirit to be on me in a way that I, I mean, I'm dressed to the nines, you know? I look good. I want to walk with Him to be clothed by Him. In Luke 24, 50, through 53, it says, and he led them as far as Bethany. And in this moment, 
So you have in, in Luke and Acts, it's like this two parts or these two books that really go together. And it's Luke telling all the things of what Jesus did when he was here on earth and up until this moment where he's talking about the ascension and then Acts is him writing and he actually even starts out, I think I'm going to read that scripture, but oh, I am. I'm just not going to give it ahead of time, okay? So then Acts continues on in what Jesus is doing after the ascension. And tells how this, this, this moment of, of Jesus being here on earth and walking with us and these signs and wonders and these things that have happened are amazing moments that we should learn from. But also in this second book, the second part in Acts, we need to see that he is still in control, that he is still moving and that he's sent his Holy Spirit to us so that we can walk in those same things that he walked in. And now he is seated at the right hand of the Father, but he's king. And he's still working and still moving, and he wants us to be a part of it. So in Luke 24, it says, And he led them out as far as Bethany, lifted up at his hands, and blessed them. Now it came to pass, when he blessed them, that he was parted from them and carried up into heaven, and they worshipped him, and returned to Jerusalem with great joy, and were continually in the temple praising and blessing God. Amen. <laughs> continually praising and blessing God. And I just, I don't know if I'm going to go that way. And then in Acts 1, verse 1, it says, The former account I made in Luke, we just read the end of it. O Theophilus, of all that Jesus began both to do and teach until the day which he is taken, was taken up. And in this scripture, I just want to see as in, in, in Acts as it starts the book of Acts and he's sharing and he says, The former account I made, O Theophilus, of all that Jesus began to do. He didn't say, this may be like a small thing that maybe we read over, and I think I have many times, but he didn't say the things that Jesus once did or the things that he did back then. But he says, the things, all the things that Jesus began to do that this was just the beginning of Jesus' work on earth. That it didn't end whenever he went to the cross and rose again and went to heaven. That that was just the beginning. It's just the start of what he wanted to do. What Jesus began both to do and to teach. Those things aren't over. Those things aren't past. And do we walk our lives out in that understanding that 
And, and I know most of us do, and we, we understand this, but I just, man, like thinking about even this week for myself, and just having these crazy things. You just get so frustrated that happen, and, 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 and you're like, why won't this just work out? Anybody been there? I'm, I'm not the only one, right? Why, why won't it go like it's supposed to go? This is supposed to go together easier than this. You get in your head and you get frustrated and you get angry and all these different things. But when I realized that, that man, Jesus began this work, but he is still working it right now. And he can work it in my life and your life right now. That he wants to do that thing in you. And whenever I'm walking through this difficult situation or this, this frustration, if I just turn away from that thing and say, oh, hey, Jesus, there you are. Right? And that's kind of, that's what we were singing about it. It's just looking to him, who he is, how powerful he is, how loving, the hope that is found in him. And the one who has begun a good work will bring it to completion. There's no unfinished work in Christ. I'm not an unfinished work. You're not an unfinished work. You're not something that he just got tired of, of doing something with. That he wants to continue to do those things, you know, that, to, to change us and to grow us and, and to help us. it to be brought to completion. Whew. And that power, that presence is available for us today. And when we come to know Him, when we are a part of His family, we're just not ordinary people anymore. I don't want to be ordinary. You know, I think that's one of the things, like, everybody wants to be something. And that's one of the reasons we try so hard in so many different ways. I, it could be a different thing for each person, probably. But, but everybody wants to accomplish something or do something to be someone. But the thing is, is that what I can do on my own is just nothing compared to what He can do. Now, word and dude is used a handful of other times in the Bible. You look it, look it up and it's, used in the Old Testament a couple of times, saying, clothed in the Spirit. 
And in Judges 6, 34, it says, But the Spirit of the Lord came upon Gideon, and then he blew the trumpet, and the Bezerites gathered behind him. I'm going to say these couple of scriptures just to, to kind of give some, some context. Because I don't know about you, but when, whenever I think of these things that it's like, oh yeah, we're clothed in the Spirit. And this is what it speaks to us in, in Luke and, and in Acts. That the Holy Spirit is with us. Many times, I don't know if you're like me, but many times whenever I think that, I'm like, oh yeah, that's amazing. He's with me. He'll help me. But I don't think about it in the way of gaining some supernatural power many times. And I think that's what we need to understand. What this really means. And when we have Gideon here, that this... this Little guy that, you know, didn't know if he should be the one that, that God used it. And, and he, he even takes and asks God after this, and, and he, it says that he was clothed in the Spirit. Like he was dipped, right? In the Spirit. And then he even after that asks God, he's like, if this is really what you want, Will you just make dew fall on this lampskin? And then he's still a little bit unsure, and he asks him to do it again. Anybody feel like that? Am I the only one that feels like Gideon sometimes? I mean, you know. But God said, no, you're the one I want to use. And understand that it's not... Just you, but I am walking with you. And you can do anything that I am asking you to do. That you can walk with the strength of a mighty man. A mighty woman. That you can speak. That you can say things that you wouldn't possibly say to somebody. Good things, by the way. Because I am with you. Because you're clothed in the Spirit. Being fully clothed. In 2 Chronicles 24, verse 20, it says, and here you have this moment that Zechariah is in and, and, you know, everybody's worshiping gods and you know what the Israelites do and everybody does all the time and they start getting away and doing things that they shouldn't. But here in 2 Chronicles 24.20, it says, Then the Spirit of God came upon Zechariah, came upon, he was clothed with, endued, wrapped all up in the Spirit of God. He's the son of Jehoiada, the priest, who stood above the people, now listen, he stood, just, just imagine, because 
if God was asking me to say some of the things that he's getting ready to say, I, don't, I, I might have maybe walked around to the side where they couldn't really see me and yelled it so that I could get away fast, you know? But it says, Zechariah, who stood above the people and said to them, Thus says God, why do you transgress the commandments of the Lord so that you cannot prosper? Because you have forsaken the Lord, He also has forsaken you. And in this moment, Zechariah has this rush of a Holy Spirit power and presence that that comes over him to speak the words of God to this people and says, why are you sinning against God? Why are you doing this? And because you have forsaken him, he is going to forsake you. You're like, wow, that's amazing. But in moments, see, in our lives, how many times do we come to these moments where we're like, man, feel that urge to just talk to somebody about who God is. Or maybe when somebody's talking to you and telling you some of the stuff that's going on in their life or the stuff that they're not doing right, and you're like, I should probably tell them that that's not right. But that's a sin. Not yell at them, not argue with them, not hit them over the head with the Bible as they say but to really get in there and God asking you to just put that on their plate and say, this isn't right the way that you are doing this and the way that you're acting or this sin that you're committing. This isn't right. And, and God is, is wanting to be with you, but when you're forsaking Him, He's forsaking you. And in that way, meaning when you walk away from Him, you're purposefully walking away and going away from where he is, that he is not going to hold you down. But he's going to allow you to walk away. Some people don't understand this, and it's hard to wrap our minds around, but that's what God has done in free will, in allowing us to make a choice for him. He doesn't want us to be slaves or servants. He wants us to be children, to be heirs. Right? He wants us to, to be adopted into his family. So he asks us to come. But I want to walk, I want to walk in this strength and this power. Like Gideon, like it says, clothed in the Spirit. Like Zechariah, speaking the things that God is, not my words, right? If it's not my words and it's His words, it's always going to be right. But to be able to speak those when He asked me, when He asked us to speak them. Not to drum up the courage, Right? Because when we try to get the, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get the courage up to say this. What you're saying is, I'm going to see if I can do it on my own strength. Hey, we don't even have to do that. I don't need to have the own courage 
in myself, all I need to do is say, Holy Spirit, speak through me, and I'm just going to allow the words to come out of my mouth. And it doesn't matter if I have the courage. I'm just going to say what you have to say. So when the Spirit comes, And Acts on Pentecost, they received this, this power. It had been given in moments before. But now, this is what Jesus is speaking. He's saying that I am going to release my spirit to anyone that comes to me. That it won't be just this case-by-case basis that somebody can be so like right in the right place at the right time and that I want to use. But that I will release my spirit on all flesh so that all could be endued with power. Just imagine that. You know, as kids, we all want to be superheroes. We all want to, you know, I mean, there's that question. It's like what my kids have asked it so many times. It's been a little while, I guess. But, you know, if you had a superpower, what would you have? Like super hearing? Would you fly? You could only have one. It's one of those things that we think as kids, like, oh, I wish I could fly. Or I wish I could do this or that. But whenever I think about this, it doesn't... Man, super, superheroes and superpowers are nothing compared to the power of the Spirit of God that has victory over life and death, that has victory over sin, that when I walk in Him, whenever I am clothed with the Spirit, that power is inside of me. It's inside of you. And in Acts 1.8, they don't have this, but he says, but you will receive, if you wait a little while in Jerusalem and, and wait, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And you will be witnesses to me in Jerusalem and in Judea, Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. See, we're called to be a witness. Not somebody that knows just a little bit about something. Not, if you will, like an advocate or somebody that's like, I've learned and studied and have head knowledge about what this is. But a witness. You know what a witness is? Is one that is intimately involved in and knows. Why? Because they were there. They were there when it happened. Not that we've heard about it, but that we know it. That we're clothed in it.
that we've experienced the power of God in our lives, that we can testify, right? A witness testifies. That we can testify of His goodness. Not that we're trying to to figure out what happened. But we know. Trying to figure out how to tell somebody who God is, but we know. Because, Because He's with us. Because I've experienced His presence. Because I walk with Him. Because I'm clothed in His Spirit. I don't want to know about Him. I want to know Him. I don't want to tell things that I've heard. I want to tell things that I've experienced. witness is somebody that's been so deeply touched and moved and changed by the experience that they've had. That they have intimate knowledge to be able to tell somebody about what they have seen, heard, been a part of. And that's what God has asked us to do. He says, I want you to be a witness. Where? Everywhere. Right? He says, to the ends of the earth. To be a witness. To be a living witness of who He is. And in Acts 1, verse 9, starting in verse 9, it says, Now, when He had spoken these things, while they watched, He was taken up. And a cloud received him out of their sight. And while they looked steadfastly toward heaven, as he went up, behold, two men stood by them in white apparel. Thinking they're angels. Doesn't say that. But they must be. You know, two guys just hanging around dressed in white. Specifically saying that. But these two men stood by them in white apparel who said, who also said, Men of Galilee, why do you stand gazing up into heaven? This same Jesus who was taken up from you into heaven will also come in like manner as you saw him go into heaven. And what I want to, in wrapping up, just get out of, of this scripture is in this moment where Jesus is ascending, as it's sharing here in the first chapter of Acts. It says, as he's sending up and ascending into heaven and he's taken into the clouds and they're just standing there gazing up, looking up into the sky, they're just like, 
And who knows how long? I could imagine. You know, I, I mean, if I was there, maybe could be 10 minutes, 20 minutes. I don't, you know, you're wondering, like, is something going to happen? Is there going to be fireworks? Is he going to come back down and be like, hey, guys, I'm, I'm really going this time. You know, I, I don't know. But they're just standing there, looking up, gazing up into heaven. And then all of a sudden, there's two guys dressed in white standing next to them. And what they say to them, I think, is important to them and to us. Why are you standing there just gazing up into heaven? Just looking up there. What do you think is going to happen? Hasn't Jesus asked you to do something? Hasn't he called you to be a witness? Hasn't he called you to walk like he walked? And to share about who he is. Why are you standing and looking up at the clouds? We aren't called to just gaze at heaven. Now it's amazing at sometimes just to, to have our hearts and our minds set on heaven. To just take in who God is. But we are not called just to sit around and gaze into heaven. We're called to be a witness. And a witness can't just be looking up. They have to be looking around them at the people around them. I got to see where I'm going and see where God is showing me and what he's calling me to. Why do you stand gazing up into heaven? When I called to gaze up into heaven, we're called to bring heaven down to earth. We aren't even asked to keep thinking about the things or keep dwelling on the things that Jesus has done, right? Like I said, Luke said, those things I spoke to you before of, of what Jesus began, those are great, but now let's talk about what he is doing right now in his people. Let's talk about the things that he wants to do through you and I. Let's talk about who the Holy Spirit is and how He wants to use us that we should be endued with power and walk with Him. Why are we standing? You know, you know that I hate sometimes saying things strongly like this. But I'm going to say it to myself and you guys can hear it, okay? I feel like the church is standing gazing up into heaven. I'm not just, I'm not talking about our church. I'm talking about God's people have been just standing there, gazing up into heaven, waiting to see what happens. And what's happened is that things happen on earth, and we haven't been a part 
of what we should, been, should have been a part of. We haven't been a witness when we should have been a witness. We haven't spoken of the things that we should be speaking about because we've been just standing, gazing up into heaven, just wondering if God's going to do something when He's asked us to do it. And that's what I get from this message of the ascension and and, and the moments, the last things that He spoke was to go. Not stand gazing up into heaven. He says, go and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Go. And make disciples. Go and be a witness. Go teach people how to walk with me. Teach people how to live the way that I am asking them to live. Go and share with them all that I've done in you and through you. Just go. So what are we waiting for? That's my question. What are we waiting for? And I, I, I feel that so deeply because so many times, and you know, a little side story about myself, I, I'm, a, I'm so much a thinker and I want to think about something for far too long before I do it. This sometimes is a little annoying for my wife. And sometimes she says some things. Just make a decision. Even on simple things. Where do you want to go to eat? Oh, man. Let me think about it. Where do you want to go to eat? You know? But I think so much. You know? And, and like, I, like I got to figure it all out before... I can actually take a step. And I'm not saying you don't think or just walk around all, you know, uh, willy-nilly. <clears throat> you just walk around just uh, like, I don't know what to do. Because whenever we go, we don't go without a plan. We've already got a plan. The plan is to make disciples. The plan is to be a witness. I've got my marching orders. I don't have to think about what I'm supposed to do. I just do what He's asking me to do when I'm there. Because He's called me to be a witness. He's called you and I to be a witness. He's called His, he's called his church Call this church to be a witness. And I think we're in a moment where God's people are realizing that. We're coming into this realization in this moment 
And I don't want any of us to be left behind just still staring up at the sky waiting. But I want to be a people of action, of doing what God is asking us to do. Will you stand with me? Thanks for listening today. We pray this message encourages you. If you have any questions or you'd like to learn more about us as a church, you can always visit us online by going to lifechurchstl.com.